Hey everyone, and welcome to the first ever Painful Truths podcast. I'm your host, Brent Wagner. With me, I have Cole Kirkman. Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I At work, I'm on call, so I'm not able to play Paper Magic until I'm done. Every uh, six weeks, or every eight weeks, I have two weeks of on call, and three other uh, my teammates cover me, So, but we're the first week of my on call rotation, so I'm kind of strapped to not be able to go out and have fun. I'm stuck in my, Ew. stuck in my, di- yeah, but it's okay. I, I, I love the job, but it's just, um, just something I can't, can't, can't go out and have fun. But, uh, how have you been? I, I've been good. Um, just been, you know, recently looking at magic decks practicing. We just finished what, like two weeks ago, the Hunter Burton Memorial open. Feels like yeah, yeah. years ago already. <laughs> Right, and that's actually where we're gonna start talking. We're gonna talk about the HBMO. Uh, we, uh, I played in the main event, the the 10K uh, piloting uh, Primeval Titan, uh, and then we'll go over to you. You play in the 5K um, with your uh, black green Yogmoth deck. So what? Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get started uh, with with my day two. Um, I. Uh, to, to put it loosely, I made top 64, so I, I basically just day two, and that's um, I don't know where my final standing is, but I played a very, very stock Primeval Titan deck that I took from uh, Moniz and just made like one card change and said, all right, this is about as good as I can get. Uh, the deck list is going to be in the show notes. Um, but I, I, I was uh, there were a few few matchups that. I got really like I felt like the the deck had I had a lot of good variants and I beat a lot of um, I did a, a fair amount of winning and I just uh, I was able to day two with it. Yeah, day two you you did hit some matchups that I felt like were just awful for you. <laughs> there there yeah I played against uh, it's and it's been a, a little bit but I was playing against uh, Hammer Time a deck that I felt like I was I definitely had game. And I, I two owed him, and each turn where uh, I basically played Sokka on very early, either turn one, turn two, and the, uh, the my opponent had just overwhelming board state in both games, and but I had like the the turn that, that I got the or the Saga tutor, uh, I was able to uh, I had enough for Titan mana, and then I top deck at Amulet, so instead of just having Titan mana, I had just like Titan lethal damage. Oh, it was so, it was insane watching it, honestly. Right, it's just you know, as I was drawing the card, I was like, okay, so I'll get Titan, I'll haste. Uh, I was like, do I haste him? Do I, you know, leave up mana for Urza Saga, make some constructs, uh, or you know, just thinking all the lines and like, oh, tight uh, or or second amulet, I could just attack for twenty, or I already have Dryad, so I was like, I'll attack and I'll just kill him with Valica triggers. Like it, it, it really just... felt like the world was just so open for you when you did that. Like there was just no stopping. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the beauty uh, of Primeval Titan. Like that that happened. Um, my list uh, it uh, has a one main deck relic of Progenitus too. Uh, just an incredibly good card. You know, Titan would be the deck that would just, when necessary, it would just bog your uh, bog you. Like if you're playing a graveyard style deck, it just has access to uh, Bajuka bog. But now it's like it's that's just not nearly good enough. So, because of Urza Saga, we're on Relic of Progenitus now, 
and I was playing against a living in opponent, and I, and I knew on my turn three, and he had he had three men open. I'm like, okay, well, I know what he's going for, and when the saga <laughs> tutor trigger, like I'm like, it's not, it's like. I knew it's not, waiting. it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. It's like four mana and old standards. Like, Oh, they had nothing like, Oh my gosh. Coco. Like everyone knew it was the, the easiest, uh, tell six cards uh, in hand and you passed. Oh man. You have only lands in hand. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, you can never bluff that situation. A- anyway. So my opponent with three mana, I'm like, okay. And I said, well, I can, get amulet i can try to i don't even think i had titan mana at the time I'm like well i'm not gonna waste my time with amulet i'm just gonna have relic i'm just gonna hold up one mana for the rest of the game and i could tell i could see the spirit leave his body when i <laughs> i think i was standing down. behind you with the wrestling belt <laughs> during that right yes yep and i knew like and that's you know it's, it's not a I, I don't just put relic on the stack and he and it's a oh well in response let me do violent outburst or whatever it this was a um I'll basically a split second where it's like all right it's, it's, it's the needle trick it basically really is, yeah. like all right does this resolve yeah all right i'll maybe pull it a delta and it's like oh well i can't fetch anymore <laughs> right like uh it, it definitely was super interesting to be standing behind you and just see because i mean obviously i'm in a different stance because i'm behind you and i mean i also knew with the 75 you were on because we've been practicing so I definitely had that insight, but he was like, yeah, uh, Saga Trigger results. I was like, wow. Yeah, I think, like, had he known, like, I, I'm sure at this point he's, he's kind of a little bit more aware. And, you know, Amulet Titan was a deck where at that time and even today, it's it's not a, um, people don't kind of prepare for it and they may not be in tune of, like, what what the stock deck looks is. Anyway, I knew like he he probably is a little bit more aware of the one of main deck relic, even in some cases a, a playing a second copy in the main too, because it just it's so good in in those spots. Sometimes uh, it's just hard for decks to be prepared for you too. Yeah. <laughs> like turn three primeval type man is sometimes just too good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like in a little bit more into the the first day experience. Um. My second to last opponent was against Eldrazi Tron, and I, we had three very good games. I actually don't think you were spectating. Um, no, I think that was when I left. Right, this was the second to last round, so I'm in. Uh, I'm X and one, so I need to win one of the next two rounds, and I day two. Um, we trade games, um, and we're in game three, and my opponent she mulligans to four, and I'm just like okay, but I. And I don't even think I told. I don't think I've told you this yet, but they lead on um, like expedition map and a Tron land into map. I had a moment where I could just easily um, force a vigor, just like two for one. And in hindsight, I really wish I did, because um, later, she, like she had the second Tron piece, so therefore she has a third Tron piece, and then <laughs> she has her game plan of like. Uh, she she basically had the great creator into bridge with one card in hand because she mulligan so low. So it really just stifled my attacks. Um, had I and I had Force of Vigor, I would have had to pitch a Primeval Titan with a second. We already had a, had two total copies, but I regrettably did not. I I did pause her in her upkeep. I was like, go ahead. I don't know. I wish in hindsight that I would have just thrown a single Titan away, and then I had lethal lines within the next like two turns. So so, so did you you, you ended up losing that match? I eventually did. It was because she was close. the one that like 
was like almost undefeated into day two, right? That she was on stream. I actually, I, I don't, actually, actually don't know that. Um, it was because uh, I only ever heard that there was like one Atron player, and that, that was like in the top tables. Uh, she she definitely day two because her defeating me put, definitely put her in day two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was at a very high table number at this time. I the the it, the the at the end of it, I played a. Eventually, I got to the point where I was able to force a vigor by paying mana at a walking bliss to Andy. Um, ensnaring bridge, which unlocked attacks, but th- there was a chalice on uh, zero stopping my summoner's pack. So yeah, and you know that that was such a, and I think two the game she won she had chalice on zero and it was incredibly relevant. Um, a lot of people don't like, or at least that I know of, like sometimes forget how good chalice can be against Titan because it, it literally eliminates four, uh, technically seven primeval titans out of your deck. Because if yes. you're on three Teleri Academies, or yeah. whatever, not Academy, uh, West. Uh, right. Yeah, like, if you're on seven, zero, zero drops, quote-unquote. Yeah. Like, that that's a lot of cards you just eliminated out of Titan. Right. Yeah, she, uh, she wound up winning with a top deck reality smasher into, um, she had the the boat o- online at, when I was at five lives. So that Woo! was just, 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 and she was, without question, I had lethal on her and i was like just draw nothing yeah uh, and the turn prior i even just uh killed a thought not sierra i was like please be a dismember like please but it was a blank or whatever um that that was that was a really good game i'm trying to think of other games that happened that that was um i w- wound up winning the next game i actually don't remember anything from it I mean, um, I mean that's also like a thing about your deck is like sometimes your games are kind of unme- like not memorable because you just just blow up. <laughs> right. Like your yeah. hammer time opponent, like I probably would never remember that because you literally just were like, yeah, turn three, uh, I drew the the exact amulet I needed to win this game, and then I won, and then you lost. GGs. Yeah, I, I did have. Um, I actually do. And now that I think about it, it was another. It was an affinity player, and I narrowly beat him. It was actually a really neat line where I had. He had a 7-7 seven, seven construct, and I had a 6-6 six, six primeval titan, and he's like at 3 life. And I have a, a a lot of lands in play. Definitely have the double strike land. And he's he he, he kind of tell like what he needs to do himself. He, and he has uh, the um, the aether the 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 artifact that bounces the unsummoned artifact. I cannot. Oh, aether spellbomb. Yeah. So. I attack, he blocks with the construct, so he's like, all right, you have to double strike it. Or, like, with his play, he's like, is, that's what he's telegraphing. He's like, all right, double strike. He's like, all right, bounce it. I cast Titan into uh, Transmute for Dryad into uh, kill him with the uh, Valka triggers. Which, that was a pretty interesting game. Huh. Um, and he had, at that point, he had no, like, he was dead on board, basically, but we had to you know, go through the motions. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, always good to... Go through it, right? And he uh, and I, uh, he didn't have knowledge of the dryad or had dryad or packed in hand. I forget which one, but he he had no no way out. But we I had to you know kind of go through it with him. <laughs> we had to go on this journey together of him dying. Um, <laughs> you always got to hold hands, right? Um, and and round one I did get a, a effectively a buy. There were a lot of people who did not show up for. Um, that was still so crazy. I mean, there, were a, there were a lot of people who just got round one wins because 
a lot of people did not show up. Yeah, there was like a ton of no-shows. I thought that was insane. But both people to my left and right both had uh, turn one buys two. And I was like, oh, I can't even like lean over and watch a match. But, yeah, we had to we had to stand there and turn around. And I think it was like what was, what was whatever I was talking about. I think there was like the mirror or something. Mm-hmm. I had like the hammer time mirror. Oh, we saw a Yogmoth deck, but they were playing Thrashing Brentadon instead. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was game one, and he, like, courted for it, and I was like, what is this world? Hey, it's a 3-4 body. Great, great attacker, great body. Uh, it's just so flexible. I mean, you know, if it, I don't it, I don't think he won, but... <laughs> I think he played Murktide. I don't remember what he played against. I just saw the cord for 3-4 Brentadon, and I was like, what is that it's <laughs> like could have been rex age which i think actually what it was coming down to was like it needed to be rex age or something and like i was like it it literally not being rex age lost of the game yeah yeah it's it's that's very weird like thrashing brought it on it's like it's I, I i love the card for like the lower power uh standard i, I think the card's good i think they're yeah. actually brought it on is uh is, is actually like super good stats wise but no etb trigger is just eh. yeah and basically it's four mana for a shatter and that's that's a lot of mana to get three, one with. three mana three four though yeah it's a good body on the face it's a good body um it's great for uh well you still get rex agent pioneer i don't know why you'd play it honestly <laughs> it used to ruin standard like yeah that's true. when ixalan was a format you'd yeah, play it if you, if you need a big boy like it's you could do worse than thrashing. Well, like, you'd bring it against, like, blue-eye control back in the day for standard or whatever. Because search first yeah. Conta. You'd be like, all right, well, I have this 3-4 that could just either turn sideways or blow up a search first Conta whenever I feel like it. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Like, it... That card... I don't know, man. Like, Rex Age is just a hell of a card. And then they printed Knight of Autumn, and that's also a hell of a card. And now we get uh, Foundation Breaker, two mana. Um, like, it could be a body or just a... A plummet. Well, it's yeah, like two. One. Is it a plummet? Yeah. And it just destroy target artifact or enchantment. Yeah. Is oh. that pl- is that plummet? Oh, you know, it's the card that I didn't say, but I said plummet instead. That, that oh, okay, got it, got it. Naturalize. <laughs> Naturalize. Got it. I don't know why I said plummet. I was like, I was like, does Foundation Breaker kill a flyer? <laughs> it's I like, naturalized. I was okay, like, what that... is this world? Okay, so that never happened. Uh, <laughs> okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. The the only I, I'm trying to think of the only other memorable thing in uh I, at day two I did not I went one three and then I didn't. Oh, it was it was bad. It was bad at everybody. It was really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. You got you did play elementals. You did learn how bad that matchup was for you. It was very bad. <laughs> uh, it it felt like I had no chance. I I think like just watching uh, uh Fran play uh or F Palouche play it a little bit more he said yeah you can win if you just like are very quick but once they get risen reef and the first trigger it just like the game when it gets to a mid game you lost yeah like and... the problem with primeval titan in my opinion right now like amulet to be specific is like mm-hmm. you're a super narrow like like combo deck kind of where they just printed a new card that is one man at deal six <laughs> And like, and the biggest right. thing that Dryad had going for it forever was it was a two four, yeah, which was like such a big deal in modern because it was like the best removal in modern with Bolt, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well now I just have this 
three mana two four you have to either double bolt it or you have to spend all these resources to get rid of it or it just blocks everything like and now like you have prismatic ending for him you have unholy heat for both of them like, it, it's insane how much... And then, like, not including uh, Solitude, which Elementals gets as a four of. Yeah, and they get Ephemerate, so if you have both, they're like, yeah, I guess I'll take both your creatures. That seems all right. And you can gain ten life. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will hit you with this 1-1 one, one for the rest of the game. Forever. Yeah. It was at... When I know I'm playing against him, I had a, a, a line to attack with haste, but I knew... Like, there's such a good chance he had Solitude that I was like, I'm just going to make get Urza Saga, like two Sagas, and hopefully just, like, out mid-range this deck, which I, I know, like, I don't know. I had no no line of winning ever. I, dude, it's I, it's so weird because, like, Elementals almost feels like a really interesting mid-range deck. I mean, it doesn't almost it is, but, like, it's so crazy how it is because it, like, basically locks your opponent out of this game or uses so much of your opponent's resources to try to play the game that they just can't get back into the game. And then you're just like, hey, uh, I'm ready to win the game. I'll pay three mana put here into my hand, and I, I'm going to just win the game now. Yeah. And, just... Somebody, yeah. and you can just line up uh, Flame King Harbinger and, with a Risen Reef Bar Raid. So like, oh, my God. The exact card I need. Whoa. In response, ephemerate my Flame King Harbinger while there's a Risen Reef in play to put this Solitude into my hand. To then eat your thing. Oh my god. I have a trigger off of this uh, Risen Reef. Is what, dude, I love Risen Reef. The card's insane. Oh my gosh. And just like, alright, Risen Reef. I got it just like the stack of like, alright, three Risen Reef triggers and the Flamekin Harbinger. I'm gonna... And I already have Omnath into play, so I'm just like, this is gonna, all gonna... I'm gonna gain mana from doing this. And I'm gonna draw like so many cards and... Vomit. <sighs> If I next, if I next, Elemental's next opponent round. has two Risen Reefs, I'm probably dead. Like that's about my opinion on the matchup. It's like I've I've lost. So uh, funny about uh, House of Mana. He played in a in the mocks. He played Amulet Titan because of Elementals. And he was expecting a lot of Elementals. He actually played Gut Shot in the sideboard just to for just to, just to get rid of a Risen Reef. It was Risen Reef, but also you know it it deals one, so it gets Raggles and Darcy too. So it it's it actually kind of made sense, but it's like that's where we're at, man. We well, need... like look at Tron. Like there are Tron decks that play three gut shots in the main, or K returns. Like it, it's so interesting to me about Tron right now because I the format is so fast in some regards that like I just I just feel bad for Tron players. <laughs> Yeah, and it was crazy. I was talking to to one of our friends about Tron. He did pretty well in the day one, but then he he kind of petered off at the end. He went like four zero into one three and just whiffed on day two. I was just talking to him about the card choices and what's like the new stock Tron. He's like, yeah, I'm playing three dismembers, two warping whale. I was like, wow, it, our our answers were always card minus, and now that's not good enough. We need a turn it's, two things or turn one thing. It's so weird because like hearing that, it's like then just like is is Etron just the better Tron right now because you just get those cards anyways in addition to creatures that are early. Yeah, because I, I mean, Matter Shaper is one hell of a card. Yeah. Like three two that turns sideways or blocks gets you another card, TKS. We all know how good that card is, and then you have big boy in charge, reality smasher to just clean up games. 
Right, and then you get Karn the Great Creator as just another. Pr it's a prison card in this deck, as well as just a, a virtual copy of Walking Ballista, uh, the boat, which ended me <laughs> against on day one. I mean, uh, you just you get like a lot of options because like some of them play Ugin, like the little Ugin, and that card's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, have you ever wanted to win your mid range matchup? Pretty easy. Just play this Ugin, <laughs> you win. Like. Yep. Literally can't beat it unless you're me and don't read Grist. <laughs> Thank God that never came up. Yeah. So I would have I would have flipped out. So speaking of Grist, let's go ahead and go right into your the five K that you played uh, and day two. Um, so you uh, so tell us about your deck selection and and kind of your your direction. So I unfortunately did not get to attend to the, the main event. I was going to. I was so excited. Brent and I, we had been practicing for like what felt like two years, really. <laughs> um, and uh, I was uh, working a job and they're like, hey, we're going to need you to work this Saturday. And I was like, oh, OK, whatever. I'll take that. And then they were just like, hey, you're doing good. You can just have the Saturday off. I was like, OK, cool. That's fine. I'll just go. Yeah, all right. So I went up there, hung out with Brent, and I was like, I'll do the 5K. So I had been practicing Yawgmoth. If I was going to do the main event, I was going to play Yawgmoth. It was cool to see that it did well in other players that played it. Um, my variant of Yawgmoth was pretty stock. Uh, there was one big regret. I'll get into it in a minute. Uh, I played three Chalices on my board because I played a lot of Moto, and I knew the Rhinos matchup was terrible. Unfortunately, I did not think about Void Mirror, uh, which does... It does kind of suck, but Chalice was pretty good. Okay, I hit Burn twice, so it had relevance against that matchup. But like besides that, it might have ever came in twice. Um, but yeah, I uh, I started really strong in that five k. Uh, my round one was Burn. Funny enough, and like I I learned very quickly that like Yogmoth like. You know, you're a deck that pays life to combo off. Uh, just turning your dude sideways is pretty effective. And it yes. did come down to... And, and Brent got to watch it. It was pretty cool. Uh, we had this... Or no, that was this last Burn opponent. Never mind. Yeah, we'll but this, was, this was round three when you played Burn the se a second time. No, that was like round five. Was it round... Okay. Because I was 3-0 going into round four. Or no, I was 2-1 going into round four. And that was the Etron deck, yeah. So like round one was burned. Basically, just played all my dudes, beat them up. Uh, this card, uh, Prosperous Innkeeper. Holy crap! Oh my god, does that card do so much work? <laughs> I had to get that dude crutches because his back hurt from that whole <laughs> tournament. He carried so hard. Like every time I got him, my opponent was like. Just like fuck that card <laughs> like it was, it was so good yeah um you know like because obviously like you have all your undying stuff um my big regret for that weekend and i talked to a good buddy of mine that was also playing yogmoth who did top eight he was one playing void mirror our list were pretty similar except he did have void mirror in his um he played two grist in his main which i was also wanting to play two grist in my main but for some reason, I opted out of it, and I went to one and one in the board, and I boarded that second Gristin just about every matchup. <laughs> like, and I played against uh, what was it? Round was burned. Round two was Etron. 
And then round three was Murktide, round four was Etron, round five was Burn. So, like, Gris, like, the Burn matches, I took Gris out, but, like, every other match, I'm like, Gris just came in. So I definitely think that I would totally, if I could go back in time and tell myself, like, slap myself across the face. I think I would keep the chalices, because I still think to this day it was fine. Like, I think if I played Rhinos, they would have done work, but I thankfully never got to see Rhinos. Uh, and Hammer Time, I guess they do have text against Hammer Time if you're on the play. Uh, otherwise, though, the weekend was good. I did have misplays uh, against Murktide, and Brent got to watch this happen uh, as he stood behind me. Game one, I beat, I beat him. It was a miracle. 2-1 Hasty is bannable in Modern. Just letting y'all know. <laughs> Just get rid of it. It's too good in Modern. Uh, I Strangerugeist carried that whole match. I played two of them. He literally just could not answer them. He would kill one. I played a Yogmoth, put a counter on it, kept going in every turn, just sideways. And then by the time he played a Murktide, I courted for three, got Grist, killed one, or killed it, and I was like, all right, I'm in the driver's seat of this game. Game two, we get to this kind of crucial point. We're sideboarding. Uh, my board was a little different, so some of them at the time were playing Doomblade. I actually didn't own a Doomblade. I just didn't own that card. The Uncommon from Core 11. Right. I have three on accident. Yeah, I just did not own one. So I was like, okay, I was just going through my cards. I was like, okay, I could play... I remember I really looked at Go for the Throat. And I like really looked at it. Because I was like, this is like Doomblade. And then I was like, oh, not artifact creatures. So I just lose to Affinity and Hammer Time. And... Uh... A lot. Yeah, a lot. So I was like, okay, that card's probably bad. So then I, I, I decided on Trophy, uh, which Trophy actually did come in handy in some matchups. Like, uh, I guess Etron, I did use it. Uh, but I looked at Rex Age going into game two, and I just, I remember I just was deciding that I was not going to bring in Rex Age. Uh, I, I, looking back, I don't know why I didn't. It, it, I felt like I had Brent in the back of my head because, like, Back when Amy at the time played Rex Age, it was like, you always bring it in, basically. Kind of. A lot or of like, did, yeah. Or, like, really, like, the Tron decks, like, you always bring in Nature's Claim, because they have Tron hate. So I knew, I was thinking, I was like, the Murktide deck probably has uh, Blood Moon. But I was like, I think I can outrace it. Like, I think I can just beat it. And I, I guess that was the thought process. Don't quote me. It happened so fast. Uh, and we got to this crucial point where he tapped out, played Blood Moon, and I courted for three. And I went through my deck, and I grabbed my sideboard, and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> As I looked at Rex Age straight in the face, and I was like, fuck. So, funny, when uh, when Blood Moon resolved, I was I was watching this game. Jacob was also, he, he was watching too, and he like whispered to me, he has Rex Age, right? It's like, he absolutely has Rex Age somewhere <laughs> yeah he's somewhere I, I didn't know i didn't know what zone i was hoping it was in the sideboard slot i was hoping it was in the library slot but then he as soon as you were like went through your sideboard you're like i knew what you were doing like because we saw ross Merriam, his classic like oh shit there's a blood moon and there's a rex age in my sideboard this is great oh you could I, see the disdain like if it was an aura over my body yeah. of just like my shoulders went down like i was defeated 
And right. I, I, so my board, I, like I said, I courted for three. I had three lands and three creatures. I had a young woman with a plus one counter. I had a Stranglewood Geist, and I had a Birds of Paradise. And um, I was like, okay, well, I don't have Rex Age, so I was like, well, what am I going to do here? So I got Grist, because I was like, okay, Grist does work. He kills a thing. And he had a Darcy out. So I was like, okay, game plan. He tapped out for this on his turn. Grist, down take, get rid of Stranglewood Geist, get rid of Darcy, and just smash like, this is five damage a turn, plus a Grist. Right. He then, on his next turn, goes Murktide into Darcy into Unholy Heat Grist. <laughs> and I... That was when I lost everything. I was like, oh, I'm dead. And then he... I will let, I will tell you, um, going into the future, because uh, we do have a 10k we're going to talk about at the end of our, our thing today. Uh, that is going on in Texas. I think, what, sometime in September. It will be uh, September 4th. Knowing now, as my practice, uh, the one card in Merktide that I hate the most is Archmage's Charm. Oh my god. Uh, taking Young Wolf and taking my Birds of Paradise, taking my Ignoble Hierarch, like... Ugh. It was so annoying. It's, it's, it's funny to hear, like, Aspiring Spike, where people talk about, like, variations of, like, a blue-red Merktide deck. And how they would be low on the card. He's like, you should play a lot of that card. Because oh, my favorite card. thing to hear him talk about is when he shits on people who uh, like play Brazen Bar because they try to feel smart. <laughs> He's like, just play Archmage's Charm is better. And I'm like, you know, honestly, seeing how much work that card can put in, like, Counterspell Divination Game Control, like, the card yeah. does everything you want it to do. And I love that card since MH1. Like, yeah. when MH1 came into the format, I mean, I was playing Hogak. I was a degenerate. Still love that deck to this day. I would love to play it again. But I remember seeing Archmage's Charm get spoiled. I was like, that card is insane. Like, why are we not blowing up about this card as of it's, as of right now? Right. It's funny how it was like Force of Negation was like the, the holy card, the holy blue spell from MH1. And now it's so hard to find copies of that in, in, the, in, the, in these decks. They're... It's just not very good. It's just hard to, like, Force Indication just, to me, feels not great right now. Because, like, first off, a lot of creatures are good right now. Like, creature decks. Like, yeah. you can't counter a Murktide. You can't counter... I mean, if we just even look at, like, the top decks right now. Like, there's just a lot of cards that, like, you cannot counter. Like, Elementals. Like, what are you getting against Elementals? Like, Ephemerate? Cool. Hammer Type? <laughs> it doesn't hit half of the stuff in there by the time you need it to. Right. Like, unless you have a turn one and they don't get a Cigar as they didn't play... You don't. It doesn't feel good too for wanting yourself to to hit a hammer. Yeah. Like especially because Stoneforge Mystic is a card that exists in their deck. Um, it just doesn't feel great right now. Like I, I I don't know specifically why it's not as good. I think the format's just too fast for it to be good, or there's just not a lot of hits in the format. And a lot of the comp like crashing footballs and living in uh those those decks they they do it on your turn. They're like, all right, I'm going to play this, and I'm holding it for some negation. And that's... Yeah, and like, and, and that's also, yeah. like, the big thing, too, is, like, those decks play force negation because they, like... I tell my buddy who's getting into footfalls right now, I'm like, like, you just, for the most part, get to play on their turn. Like, you yeah. could just never tap down, ever. Like, you could go at your end step on turn three, violent outburst, and then I'm never going to tap down ever again. Right. 
Eight power with trample damage is ridiculous. Like, literally won the HPMO. Right. Um, but going back to the Ogmoth 5K, I had a lot of fun. It was a very good experience. Uh, I will admit, not playing, like, big paper magic tournaments if like, what was it like, what felt like two years, basically? Definitely I was rusty, be real. Uh, I mean, you know how rusty I, or not rusty, but how the, I made a few devastating misplays myself, so I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, yeah, like not bringing in Rex Sage, like I, I felt like younger me, we'll put quotes on that, like would have been like, tell you bring in Rex Sage, like you idiot. So like, I don't know, it felt, it felt surreal. Um, I am excited uh, for tournaments coming up, you know, uh, like, we're both going to say here, be safe if you're going to attend tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think with my Yogg deck, I'll talk about it a little bit. I think, I don't know if we're going to do a different episode where we talk about decks that we're going to play or whatever. Uh, but with my Yogg deck, uh, I'm splashing white right now because I think Dread the Magistrate is super good in the format. Um, and then you get other cool white splashes. Uh, I also play Kataki. So, it's some cool cards with the Ogmoth. I'm I'm testing it. I don't know if I'm sold, but so let's let, let's let's kind of break down. Dran Magistrate is a two mana one and a white uh, human wizard one three. That's not the relevant part. Opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. Uh, so what? Uh, besides like ob- the obvious things, what? How do you? Um, how? Wh- why this card? What? What makes this the reason that you have the, uh, the splashing white? So, so we'll I, start with this, and we'll kind of go through the yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of like so we were we were watching our buddy uh, and and Brett was like we were all watching together. We have a group of buddies that we we hang out with. Uh, one of our buddies was on Rhinos. He was playing against Hammer Time, and the Hammer Time player had two of them. Uh, he had two Dram Magistrates out, and like being a one three in that ma- in that matchup is so critical. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, like they have to have Fury. Which is a sorcery speed play. Yes. Excuse me. And besides that, they have to two for one themselves to get rid of it. Um, honestly, I thought about it. Uh, it it's just good against those matchups like Living End and uh, other Cascade decks. Uh, I mean, there are some plays against uh, some of the other decks in the format. Like, you can get cute. But not really uh not a really whole lot like honestly i think void mirror is better um if i'm gonna be real because void mirror has a lot of play against other decks in the format like five color elementals is probably a terrible matchup for yogmoth i fortunately have not gotten to play that matchup thank (laughs) god but like you can bring that card in against them and it does counter the free spells uh, like their subtleties, their furies, their solitudes, their endurances, like it does get that. So they can't do the whole, like, I'm never going to tap out thing again. Right. Or I'm never going to have open mana. And then uh, my experience, and I've had talks with other Yarmouth players, uh, my experience is Tron is unbeatable for us unless you are just lucky. <laughs> Void Mirror has text against that matchup. Sure. Uh, That's true. I mean, but also Damping Sphere is really good, and a lot of the decks kind of seem to be going back towards Damping Sphere. I do think, looking back, that there was one card that I did want to replace. 
but I'm still on the fence about it to this day. If I stayed black green. Uh, uh, what is that card? The split card. What is that card called? Uh, Crime and Punishment? Yes. So, love that card to death. Very good card. I think I would replace it with Coloring Ritual. Uh, there were a lot of times that I thought about it that, like, putting it X equals zero or X equals one is just, like, you get rid of two things. Right. And that's still three mana to put it X equals one. Yeah. But, like, if you Coloring Ritual and you just blow up everything on their board, and your board, for that matter, if you feel like if it happens, mm-hmm. you're going to get, like, a bunch of mana out of it. And if you have a Yawgmoth out by the time that this all happens, you could have drawn who knows how many cards. Right. So then you just get to probably win after that. Yeah. One thing that's, that kind of sells me on Dread Magistrate and even Kataki is that it's a courtable target versus, uh, like, you can have one of... One and that of was my card. other big thing, to interrupt you, sorry, but, like, I, I'm looking at white cards, like, Brent and I, we're in the tank. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're always talking, we're always trying to be, you know, trying to see what other, like, we're not trying to, we're trying to be innovators, but not in the sense of, like, to do it if it's not good, if, if you kind of get what I mean. Like, I'm not trying to innovate if it's not a smart innovation, because, like, right. if, if at the end of the day, the, the Abzan Yawgmoth deck is bad, I'm not going to just stick to my guns and be like, no, because I made this, it has to be good. I'm going to be like, no, this deck sucks. Like, just play Void Mirror. But the the big thing that got to me was what Brent and I talked about. And what he was actually just getting at was being able to cord for Magistrate is super good because they most of the time cannot play around that. I've had games where they'll go, like, Charlotte's agent on their turn and you're like cortex two, put magistrate into play and they're like oh and you're like cool you tapped out for a 2-2 <laughs> like and then the, the moments like that it's super critical i think kataki has been honestly the weakest sideboard card because like either you have to have them turn two against hammer time if they don't keep the nuts and if they do right. keep the nuts he might just not even have text on them yeah Besides being a 2-1 spirit. Right. So I am looking at, like, other white cards to play in this deck. Uh, like, that are creatures. I'm not, like, I told Brent about this, and he was like, oh, don't do that. It's terrible. I love Prismatic Ending. Um, but I will admit that for this deck, it's not good. And for also the fact that you just don't have eight copies of that card in your deck. Or really nine copies, you know, whatever. Right. And also, like, the other thing about them being creatures of the board and stuff is, like, you do just get the option that if you have Yawgmoth out, they at least read pay a life draw card. Right. Like, there's a point where Magistrate sucks in a matchup, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I really need to win the game because my opponent is, maybe he already has Rhinos out. Whatever. At least this card now just reads pay a life draw card and make a Rhino a 3-3, like, or something. Right. There's also uh, adding white also gives. I, I think you you kind of poo pooed this idea, but I um, I'm not going to hard sell it. But we also get Knight of Autumn as an upgrade to Rex Sage, 
it gives you a little bit more flexibility of the not plummet but naturalize effect and, <laughs> and also just a gain for life which can come up it, because we do think burn might be uh you you did pretty well but you kind of felt like you kind of stole a few games maybe against burn so it g gives you uh kind of counters one of their prior burn spells by gaining four life too so i, I didn't know if that's no i that, so like i don't know if that's too too tight of or too tough to actually well, i, I can bring that. up the thing that i brought up to you about it okay because like i agree my dog just yawned um so like my thing about nine of them i think the card's phenomenal i've thought that card is amazing since ravnica allegiance or whenever it came out guilds of ravnica it's no thrashing uh, Brontodon, but it's it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with Yogmoth is like, okay, so in that scenario where I courted for three, we'll go back to that Blood Moon putt. Let's say I did have cord, but I had a forest. Nine of Autumn has more text on it, but is uncastable if I only have lands out under a Blood Moon. If my game plan is... I need to draw this card to get out from under this Blood Moon. Night of Autumn has no text on it. If I have Rexage, then I could draw it and be like, all right, Forest, Mountain, Mountain, Rexage. You know, because really the deck can't afford a Basic Plains. Because no, 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 no. your deck is so greedy on mana, it's actually quite ridiculous. Right. So, But I do agree, Night of Autumn gets you back into games, because also like, the problem with the Yawgmoth combo deck is that your life total actually does have to be, I think it's like 0.5 higher than your opponent or something like that. I don't remember the exact math, but like it has to be higher. Yeah. So there is a chance that you just play this three mana two one that just gains you for life, which then lets you win the game. Sure. So I definitely, and I've, I've definitely thought about Night of Autumn and a lot of the Yawgmoth decks online are trying it. And I do think that is something that I am leaning towards, but Rexage being a one green two drop or three drop is like, such a good thing under a blood moon and especially because like i cut a birds of paradise so i'm only on one birds of paradise right now yeah. i have one white source besides the temple garden that i play because also right. we had talked about sanctum prelate is also a card right because uh if you want to stop those pesky murktide decks put that thing all in one right uh, and there's like there uh, one thing I was I was kind of thinking of. This is something Amulet Titan did. Uh, this was pre MH two, um, <sighs> back when uh, through the breach, uh, blue red through the breach was a deck. And, oh, I miss uh, her. Blue red, yeah, and blue red um, prowess. Uh, Blitz, yeah, yeah, prowess at the time because lot. This was this is the old times. Yeah, I know uh, it's so weird to talk about these decks right now. Like you're saying, like yeah, blue red prowess, and like we we always joke that like lava dart was a card. Right, yeah, right. And this was back before Urza Saga. That feels like a long time ago when you only get four copies of Amulet in your deck. Now we get eight. Uh, but one card we actually ran as uh, at times we ran it as like a three or even four, uh, four of in the board was Run Afoul. Do you think that's something? That uh, I have seen that. Are you talking about for Yogmoth? For Yogmoth, yes. The problem that I had, like I will say this, so I said that. Prosperous Innkeeper, also he makes white. Prosperous Innkeeper, uh, his back hurts. But let me tell you, Grist, God's work. Like, I thought the Murktime matchup was going to be rough. And honestly, the second Grist resolved and got one down tick on, it was almost over. 
<laughs> even in the game under the blood moon if he did not have mark tide i would have won that game like or like gris does so much work it is quite honestly ridiculous how much effort that card puts in okay so like i definitely think that runafile is good but usually the the big stipulation like if you look at the board if we just talk about it for at least my board it was three chalice so that's three one assassin's trophy two uh whatever that card's called breaking entering or not breaking entering that's a uh, crime and pu- crime and punishment crime and punishment um uh one grist no thought sees i didn't play any thought sees rex age uh two endurance and then uh you have veils i had two veils <laughs> so and then i think there was like some other cards nothing obviously that i'm coming to mind about uh i think that's all either way like the board is so specifically built like to fight your just worst matchups and a lot of your board also like does multiple things against multiple matchups sometimes like i just pulled up actually this this oh force of vigor so actually this looks like i just literally pulled it up this looks close to my board like Rex Age, Force of Vigor, Crime and Punishment. Like, they're all against good against multiple matchups. Sure. Yeah. Versus, like, Renafile is, like, really just specifically for uh, Murktide. Yeah, okay. I, I, I see that. I was also thinking, like, Hammer, if that was, like, a, a problem deck where you can just, like, get their Ornithopter if that's the... You get either... I feel like they may have multiple flyers. But well, the pro- well, the problem is Ornithopter loses flying. If, if it has a Hammer attached oh. to it. So it's too late. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just scratch that. Yeah, like, that's also the problem with Hammer, is, like, all of their stuff loses flying. Literally all of it. Unless, uh, except for Moth when they cheat. <laughs> By the way, gang, if y'all didn't know, just activate Moth while it has a hammer on it. It'll gain flying. Neato burrito. <laughs> I lost a... I lost a... Uh, hammer i meant to tell you at nerd Hala at our local game store yeah i i've, I've seen that happen against me where it's like all right activate ink moth make put a hammer on activate ink moth now he, he gets his wings back like, yeah like wait. uh we were at the our lgs and i was playing you know we have, we have a really good lgs locally and uh just playing against hammer and this is where i kind of thought kataki just doesn't do his work uh, i played kataki he killed me the turn i played kataki <laughs> so like hammer sometimes man hammer is scary yeah. i definitely think hammer is one of the most uncontested decks in the format easily it is resilient as hell then there's also i'm i'm pulled up another uh this is absin uh based list uh even mind sensor is also a card that's in kind of these like one of i i literally have that list up too yeah because the one that i always see sometimes that they play yeah grand abolisher um literally uncastable it's why yeah and that's the thing it's like because their their one land is a temple garden well except this one plays aether pile i don't think i'd ever do that be real yeah uh, i have thought about scurry oak plus ivy lane denizen i don't know there's a lot of cool things you can do with yagwath so like i definitely am not opposed to trying different things yeah. i just to me I just don't really see... Oh, here's why Eidolon 
and I have a problem. Uh, this is uh, I don't have a rhetoric, right? Yeah, so it is a three drop. Yeah. I was playing against Rhinos at Nerdhalla, right? Yes. He I'm I'm on the play. We're going I I let a turn one wolf turn to two one hasty. Okay. And I had, I had a lot of hit. I was like, alright, this is gonna be the blowout. He iced my turn three play. My land. Okay. And then Rhino's the next turn. <laughs> so I like it being a one four, I'll be honest. I don't like it that it's a three drop. Cause that was a very critical turn and I lost. So yeah, there you go. That's like the funniest thing I've heard. <laughs> uh, I was I was it was Drew that did it. Yeah. But I mean I was like Cause I was like, alright, I'm ready to blow him out. I was like, untap. He was like, at your upkeep, ice your land. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I was like, please draw Draineth Magistrate for the love of God. Yeah. Gosh, I love that so much. That's so funny. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. So let's, um, I guess we can go over a few changes that I made in my yeah, uh, I actually was, was going to ask you about that. Yeah, not not a lot because uh, it, we I feel like the well, there's there's my iteration which is based on Moniz's list, um, and I showed you the list. It, he had a Kozilek in the sideboard that still doesn't make sense to me. So I put with Hornet Queen. Other than that, it was like the exact <laughs> copy. And the cyber and Hornet Queen kind of sucks too. Uh, the only change I really made, um, he played the Fifth Force and a Lair of the Hydra, and this deck list is in the show notes. Uh, I cut both of those cards, uh, so I cut two lands. And so don't don't tell Fran because he'll get mad at me. Uh, but I replaced it with uh, Azusa, a second copy. Uh, just for lot, just thinking. There's just so many times Azusa's so good, and just one copy is not enough. Literally, ritual sounds like the best thing ever. Right. Uh, exactly. Uh, so I was like, let's get a second Azusa because I uh, Moniz likes Azusa too. Sometimes he'll go up to like a third Azusa or even cutting Dryad for Azusa. He's like that hellbent. But I think kind of the the uh, the sacred cow is for Dryads of the Elysian Grove. I mean, uh, it, it always feels that way. Right. Yeah. It just it's it it's like arguably even better than um than tighten it sometimes it it could just like save you some certain points just being able to throw bolts around the board um the other other change is just a main deck engineer explosives just as a uh a way it's pretty easy to you know with tolari west you can just kind of find it when you need it um and it, it i feel like it's just relevant enough where it's it's justifiably ju like you justify it I, I could also imagine cutting it for uh, some sort of land, um, or even um, the the flip land, turn timber symbiosis. I'm not terribly sold on that. Don't uh, like a uh, risky, risky card. Which what card's that? The turn timber. Oh yeah, typically it's it's for me. It's like look at the top seven cards, put them on the bottom of your library in a in a random order. And then you're just so upset because sometimes it's a land early and then you play some bounce lands. All right, all right, seven mana, pick up the turn timber from bounce lands, 
cast the front side. And then you're like, all right, a three six arboreal grazer. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, in, in in the situations that you're doing it, it's like you have nothing else you're doing. It oh, you're casting Titan or Pact. This is a I guess I'll try it. You never like But but my opinion on it is it. like now with Urza's saga, it's like, do I really want to bottom Urza's sagas? Right. Because like Urza's saga sometimes is just a better card than like most cards in your deck. Fran said it, and I think I agree with him that Urza Song has actually been better than Build of the Dead in the, in the deck. Uh, the amount of times I saw you turn three, combo kill people, like Field of the Dead didn't let you do that. Right. No, I I I, I feel like I have a different opinion. And this back in the old times when we had Field of the Dead, I if I am getting Field of the Dead and like another land to make some zombies. I'm like, damn, I couldn't win right now. I would have to win next turn. <laughs> yeah, like, like, well, we also have very hot takes for, like, current B&R stuff. We, yeah, we can sometimes, yeah. Well, like, I mean, we, I, I, I definitely understand the field of dead was a problem. I never really personally had that much of an issue with it. Um, I, my biggest card, if we're going to just go on to that tangent real quick for a second, we both agree real quick. Uh, Mystic Sanctuary was awful. Literally ruined the format. I dude, that card. It, yeah, there's there's so many people that complain about Uro or Feel the Dead. For me, it was like it was Mystic Sanctuary. Oh, always same. Just, it was always Sanctuary. And Ross put it very good in his in the, in the MTG Reds podcast where when you get that. You just stop, you never stop drawing gas. Like you're gonna redraw either your force negation at the time, like you, if you need mana leak. Literally infinite cryptic. Right. <laughs> like that alone. Like I have sat across Uro plus that. I've sat across Teferi plus it. I've sat across Jace plus it. Like I have, as a Tron player, and I know a lot of people complain about Tron. Whatever. I had an Ulamog. And my opponent locked me out with an Uro, a Cryptic, and a Mystic Sanctuary. I, I, yeah, like, and I think it was, yeah, it was Uro, Cryptic, Mystic Sanctuary, and uh, Nexus of Fate. <laughs> like, what, what do you do? Right. Uh, I hate Mystic Sanctuary so much. Yeah, we, we both also hated Arkham's Astrolabe, too. I hated being I, I, Blood Moon against Bottle Black. Right. <laughs> hated it. Hated it. Those those deck lists would run, you know, you basically, Arkham's Astrolabe. We're going to, I guess we're going to complain about cards now. Uh, <laughs> that card, We're so good at it. We, we really are. You just could just fetch basics for the rest of the game because you're a blue deck that splashes, you know, a few cards like every we, basically we every, both the best played snow tie you yeah. would just be like double blue and you'd be like yeah i'll trophy you right with my two astrolabes like what what is that and i remember i was on i was playing ponza against you on uh snow tie and i was like pillage well kill the astrolabe yeah like <laughs> honestly that's better yeah, it's like you you're gonna have lands, but you don't. That was your mana fixing. You had islands and the astrolabe and the astrolabe. And that there was a few times that you like cryptic bounce astrolabe. Yeah, like bounce draw a card and then play an extra draw two cards. I basically it's like ridiculous. Right. Ugh. 
I'm getting heated about that card. I hate that card. Yeah. But more recently, Mystic Sanctuary, I was so glad when that was... That was the card, to me, if they had to ban one card, it would be that. Oh, we, we was, both were on that boat. Like, yeah. that was our card. We, we were going to make shirts. Like, <laughs> if there was any human that complained the most about it, it was us. Like, oh, I easily. hated that card. I I played Hogak. I played Oko. I've played KCI. I have played almost all the ban-worthy decks in Modern's timeline. Hated Mystic Sanctuary. I hated it. Cause like to me with sometimes, like I would have rather sat across KCI and let them come off because I know I was gonna lose, versus my opponent sitting there and be like, well, I'll just put my cryptic back on top of my deck. With my Jace the Mind Sculptor zeroing. Because <laughs> that's not winning the game. Right. Like Jace isn't going to win the game. Ugh god, I hate it. And there's like, there's no way to like fight it because you're, you know, at that point you've lost because they, every turn they're gonna draw a cryptic and every turn you're gonna draw something that gets cryptic, like at best. Like, yeah, like never... it, and even then it, it's like a feel bad to bring in like grave hate because then you're sitting on a night hill forever, <laughs> like waiting for it and then they'll hold up like four fetch lands, <laughs> and they'll be like, please try, and it's like, but I, I have to, <laughs> as you're sobbing like. They're like, fetch, and you're like, please don't. They're like, Mystic Sanctuary, question mark? And you're like, surgical. And they're like, oh, you're an idiot. Mystic Sanctuary, question mark? It's like, oh. Oh, my gosh. I hated that card, dude. Like, I definitely understand Field of Dead being banned. I definitely like wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe y'all banned this card. Because I definitely agree that the card's strength was really annoying, especially paired with the Uro. Yeah. Like, well, let's all be real. Uro was incredibly good. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like holding a stick. Like I wasn't a Jund player at the time. I was a Tron player. <laughs> so I feel that sometimes to me it was like, I'll play Ugin the Spirit Dragon and like hopefully that's enough. Or Ulamog eat them. Right. You know, stuff like that. Oh, oh modern bands. Yeah. Unbanned Faith is looting. Right, how did we get here? We were talking about uh, my sideboard, uh, and then we went into... We go tangent all the time, Brent. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I know, it really does. It is painful uh, truth. Aha, <laughs> 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 I win. Aha, he said it. Uh, the only uh, So, the, the sideboard, uh, the second engineered explosives, right now with one main, one side. Uh, Ghost Quarter is kind of always there. Um the pithing needle, which was I knew that pithing needle was going to be good with with uh, Urza Saga coming out. You just got to get a free pithing needle on turn three when that's relevant. Uh, two more relics. I mean, relic relic seems like it does so much work in the format relic right now. Like, it's like one of my favorite cards. It, it like I loved it in Tron just because it was the the ceiling was or the floor was so high. It's like I guess it, I, it was I a cantrip. Yeah, it was two mana cantrip. It's not that. That had like, like relevant text, and it's and it's a great turn one play against like blue control. Back in the day too, it's like all right, I'll play relic. Like <sighs> okay, I mean like look at like Jund. Yeah, like like I've always been so high on relic every time in every format ever, because there will always be a person that that card is just a, a blowout against. There there needs to be a secret layer that includes relic. Oh my gosh, just like four, four different relic cards. Oh my gosh, yes. 
to, to keep going, uh, I had two dismembers in the HBMO. I added a third one. If that, I think it's just certainly good enough. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It, it seemed to do God's work from you. Yeah, it, it just it's just answers basically everything. And the four life is life tools aren't real usually, and we're happy having to be four life to, to turn this stuff off. Uh, then we have three force of vigor, which is basically never leave home without them. And two endurance and a foundation breaker. And the 15th card that replaced Hornet Queen was a beast with it. I'm not terribly sure, but uh, my thinking with Beast Within was House of Mana ran uh, Swan, three of Swan Song in his sideboard. Oh my god, what are we back to like 2012 Amulet? I, I dude, I it was wild, but he he said like it, it counters relevant stuff like it, it it does you know it's really not that bad um it counters instant sorcery or enchantment the, the bird never ma- matters no i mean what was it chomp the six six right yeah <laughs> like, what, what, <laughs> what text does it have on it really right um and i was just thinking like i was pretty close to almost just wanting to play natural state which is just green kill a uh, three drop or less oh yeah also the gate watch baby Woo! Yeah, I was I was pretty close, but I'm like, you know, maybe just Beast Within just is slightly better. It just it is a kill a thing card, and it's it really it's like I was thinking like blood like you, you want to counter Blood Moon, I get that. You want to uh, counter, I guess like it doesn't have it's not comparable to Swan Song when it's it's Cascade spell, but I was like destroy a permanent's like pretty good. Yeah, I mean like, I mean blow up a because uh, natural state sorcery or is it instant it's instant it is instant okay i don't know blow up a planeswalker is pretty good right like, it's it, it, there is a problem card and it kills it problem permanent not problem spell <laughs> okay sure on the stack i'll beast within your cryptic command loser <laughs> I mean, dude, you, you would Blood Moon. We cannot be a Blood Moon. It's basically impossible. But Beast Within gives us a chance. Uh, I mean, I feel that as a Yawgmoth player, uh, Blood Moon is rough. Yeah. Which is another weird thing to talk about about how not good that card is in the format sometimes right now. Yeah. Because like Blue Red Merktide just does not care about that card sometimes. I mean, they play it. Right. And then Crashing Footfalls also plays it. So. Yeah. I mean, other than that, that's uh, it's a pretty pretty boring stock list um, that that I'm really playing. Beast Within's kind of the one uh, that I'm not so sure of, but it it has it's like relic. It's like that floor is just so dang high, and it just has relevant text a lot of the time. You could do it to yourself too. That's true. Like just a lot of people there. sometimes forget that that you just blow up one of your like, I have this land, blow it up, and then if you have Slayer Stronghold, it's a three three first striker. Or not, not first striker. It's a five three, vigilance right. haste. Mm-hmm. Then you can give it double strike. I mean, if that's the road you're going down, you're probably losing. But <laughs> that is a pass. Right. It, it, yeah, your grazer sucks. Is great, but then he sucks later, and might as well turn it into a three three. If oh yeah, you just blow up grazer, and just turn him into a better beast. Right. Yeah. So many like so many good targets. 
We should do on here one time. We we should do a thing where we do card of the year, so we can talk about your your takes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we did. Yeah, we should. Well, we have one more set, so I think we save it. But no, no, no. That's, that's what that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Okay. But but we should do like uh we should we should uh next week or something we should do your old card of the years. That's a great idea. Yep. Because like. Or we could do we both make lists and we'll compare them. We, they're probably gonna be the same, but we can. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially if we did like now. Like, I think ours this year is gonna be the same. Uh, it, are they gonna be? Oh, dude, hold on, wait. Can they be the same this year? Because no, wait. This year's twenty twenty one. So Oko and Uro are last year. Okay, yeah, they'd probably be the same. Yes. Or Oko's twenty nineteen actually. Oh my god, is it that old? Oh my it's... Oh my god, it was pre-COVID. Yeah. Oh my god. Alright, we'll, we'll get that for later. That's a later thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, we, yeah. but that's a good idea. I'm glad we thought of that. Alright. Yeah. So do you wanna end it you wanna end it? Wanna do the last thing? Yeah, so we'll we'll go over. I'll I'll have you take off with this topic. Okay, well so we, we talked about being opinionated. Uh, you know. It's it's the painful truth, so it's painful. <laughs> so we we mentioned it a little bit earlier there is a 10k coming up in uh september it's a big old texas 10k ran by pro support uh big old I, I don't know really what they are honestly they, they do uh magic the gathering accessories i believe or just card games accessories. okay either way big company they did have a an event prior to this like pre-covid like literally the cusp of covid uh, that you attended. It was oh, a that, it was a pioneer. Was That's right. I, I have okay. So fun fact: I have not opened those those inner sleeves that they gave me. Uh, I have a pack back. right next to me. If we were on Discord, I'd show everyone in the audience uh, that these I own these somewhere. They're probably gone forever. Um, okay, continuing. So they're having a big 10k. It's a big modern 10k. And I'm sorry about my voice, by the way. I am stuffy. Uh, so big old water tank coming up. The HBMO, which was about two weeks ago, uh, big turnout, huge tournament, big deal. Uh, if you live in the state of Texas, you probably know about it. Hell, if you don't live in the state of Texas, most people know about it. We had Cedric Phillips. We had we had big names here. We had Cedric, Aaron Barrich, uh, Jody Keith was there. Julian John actually sat next to Julian John. Yeah, he was there. Like there were huge magic names there. And historically, Jerry Thompson and Brian Gottlieb would, would be there, too. Yes. They didn't uh, go this year, but they most of the time they are. Uh, so, big tournament. Obviously, we are in a pandemic. We're not going to not hide that. So, obviously, it's there. Um, so, they had a mandatory mask mandate at the HBMO. Had to wear masks on the premises. If you go outside, you do whatever you want. So, as far as we know, that went off without a hitch. We're, we're talking about the mask requirement. Yeah, at the HBO. Yes. Um, it went off without a hitch. Everybody was pretty like, hey. I mean, we weren't like searching for people upset. I wasn't walking around the venue like a little leper. Like, ah, yeah, let me find out what's wrong. Like, no. <laughs> but um, we didn't actively hear like people, Magic players sitting next to us complain. And, I mean, for day one, I was there all day Saturday, and I didn't play. I just walked around. I didn't hear, like, 
people sit somewhere and we're like, oh my god, I can't believe we're doing this. No. Whatever. No. The 10K coming up. Uh, it's, uh, so basically, if you wear, like, you don't, you're not required to wear a mask, correct? That, that's what it is? The, uh, I, right, I pulled, pulled away from the text. Uh, let, let me get the, 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 the actual language. Uh, I'll just read it out. Okay. And it is also in the show notes, too, in case you... you yes, in case you uh, I meant to say this. Brett's amulet deck is in the show notes, and my updated Yogmoth deck will be as well. Uh, so here's here's their take. Uh, I think this is the full. I, I, I'm looking at a, uh, a mobile phone screenshot, but I think it's the entire COVID policy. But it says COVID policy. We want we take. I'm not going to read it all. Uh, masks are highly recommended for all attendees, but they are required for those who are unvaccinated. Uh, social distancing. Uh, ask before you're touching uh, other players' items. So um, that's that's good that they point out. So if you like surgical or something, you do have to. Say, can I please? I will add to that after you're finished, because I, during my 5K inter, experience, I actually ran into somebody that did a very interesting way of handling that. Okay. Uh, go, yeah. Uh, so he let, had. Let, he had go, let, let me go through the list of two yeah, more yeah, items, yeah. And then we'll we'll circle back to that. Uh, mask are because this is the the kind of the the point we want to talk about. Uh, mask are optional at your table. But if your opponent asks you to wear a mask, uh, underline, it is required to wear a mask if you wish to continue that match. Um, and that's uh, that. actually the next line's cut off, so I don't care about that. So uh, let's go back to the touching player items that, that I interrupted you on. Oh, no, no, you're good. Uh, so I had a player who he didn't want me to cut his deck, but the way that he presented it to me was he handed me his divider, and he was like, just slide the divider somewhere in my deck where you want me to cut it. I remember seeing that. I thought that and was And I was like, that's act No, yeah. that, that was his that was his thing. But he was like, you could use your So the big joke that came out of the five K that everybody was having fun with is I had a baby dragon with me, like the Yu Gi Oh card. Yeah. And everybody thought that was hilarious. Going on. I know I'm funny. Um But yeah, so he was like, You can use your baby dragon if you want to and I was like, That's fine. I was like, That's cool. This is a really unique way to do this versus like, hey, just don't trust my stuff, just trust me that I'm cutting where I'm not gonna cheat. Right. Yeah, going on. And so the last thing that Brent said is where we're going to really touch up, you know, to end our podcast today, basically, end our episode. Yep. Um, because I'm going to be attending the 10K as long as work permits it. Brent, unfortunately, is going to be on call, but he's going to be there cheering me on, you know, because we're cheerleaders for each other. Um, they said... That Brent just read. And this is a lot of also he said, she said stuff that we've been hearing. So I, I gave the official COVID policy, but through uh, other communications, we kind of got, we unraveled that a little bit more. Yeah, like people have messaged them as far as we know. Um, and like, here's my opinion on it. So if I'm playing Brent and I don't have a mask and Brent's like, Brent is losing game two or game three. We'll take game three. And he's like, hey, dude, I need you to wear a mask. And I'm like, I, I don't want to. Does, you know, it says, do you wish to get, like, if you want to continue that game? So does Brent just win that game? And going towards that, if that is the way that that is, I believe that you should just make masks mandatory. 
Personally, when I attend the event, I'm going to be wearing my mask. I'm not, I'm pretty indifferent either way. Uh, I believe if the tournament wants to not run mask, like not make mask required, they don't have, they, it's whatever. But I believe they should. And if they should, or if they do, then great. I will be wearing mine, regardless of the outcome. But if you're going to say masks aren't required, but then punish people for not wearing a mask, it just it just doesn't seem right to me. And I think, honestly, you should just come out and be like, hey, this is just required. The HBMO did it. And as far like we just talked about it a minute ago, it didn't seem like there was a problem. And if they don't want to do it, then I think they should come out, bite the bullet, and just be like, hey, we're not going to require masks. End of story. That's my two cents on that. Um, there's a lot of he said, she said, because our community, the DFW Magic Player community, is very keen on trying to find things out. Yes, um, that's absolutely true. Like, it's all over Facebook. Uh, it's everywhere. Like, there, people are trying to figure out what is happening. And I, and I feel for that. Like, if I'm going to attend this 10K, I want to know that I'm either safe or, regardless, I want to make sure that I'm not going to get sharked. Like, if I'm somebody that doesn't want to wear a mask and the tournament said I didn't have to. In a sense, it is a different rule than what what we're... Like, this is a rule that's added to the rig or magic rules because they 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 can issue game loss. So uh, we did okay. We haven't said it yet. Um, according to uh, someone in the DFW Magic community who reached out, they said it will be a game loss will be the penalty if, uh, yes, if that situation yes. comes up. Uh, if if I say, hey Cole, I want you to wear your mask, and you refuse, and uh, presumably we call a judge, and you still refuse. It's pres- I, I assume you just get a game loss. Yeah, like and like, yeah, and not just you know like, I would love to believe that everybody is good-hearted and like, you know, but let's be real, like down to earth here, people. You're gonna get people who are gonna be in game three. They're gonna be losing, and they're gonna be like, "All right, baby, time to shine." <laughs> so, like, if that's the case, then just make mass required. Like, just do it. Yeah. Because also, I, like, why stress your judges out to have to go answer that call? Because then you're just going to get people pissed off. Yeah. Like, hey, I paid, what? what's the entry fee, 50 bucks? I, I... It's like, a, it's either 50 or 100. It's, it's a, it is an amount of money that you are spending to get into this venue for your opponent to then, you know, tell you you need to wear a mask and you don't, and then you get a game loss. It is $50 entry. So, like... If that's the case, just make mass required, and then you won't have people. You'll either have the people that don't want to show up because they don't want to wear a mask. At least they don't have to waste fifty dollars. Or, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Like, like if I don't want to wear a mask, but you say mask are required, then I don't have to spend my fifty dollars. I don't have to waste my time. Yeah, you get where I'm coming from, like. End of the day, I would love for everybody to be happy. Unfortunately, that's just not a route that's going to ever happen. But I would also rather for everybody to be safe. Yeah. And I also would rather for everybody to be treated fairly in the sense of a tournament. And, like, it just... Doing that to somebody is going to genuinely piss somebody off. And you're going to have somebody who's 
not going to take it. And then you're going to have a, a fight breakout or something. Worst case scenario, you know. Right. I mean, my, my take would be um, just because I, I – because COVID is like it, in the state of Texas, we're one of the worst like performing states when it comes to like COVID numbers and w- such a shortage of like hospital beds and things like that. I mean, I think like we should, it should just be you should just wear a mask regardless of your vaccinated status. Like especially in this kind of environment where um, it, it's presumed that people will be relatively close to you and all around you, and I would I would just. For that reason, I would want masks to be required, much less like anything else. I, I'm really at a point where if I'm going indoors, I'm kind of just wearing my mask. I agree. Just like... I, I definitely agree. Like, at the end of the day, every if you're an adult, you make your own decisions. You take your own risk in life. You know, just make sure those risks don't affect others. You, you, yep. Like, we, we can get into the whole, like, deep downs of it all, but... That's not what our podcast is, but like my opinion is just be safe and my opinion on the 10 K if you know, don't hurt people because you just didn't want to just enforce masks. Right. It, it's kind of a, it is kind of a half-ass like, approach. sort of. It, it really feels like it. I'm trying to be nice, but like it, it genuinely feels like, like kind of just a here you go here's kind of an ant like kind of a way to deal with it and then at that at that same taste like I just said it just punishes people who just wanted to go attend the event it would like if I'm just a person that just wants to play Magic the Gathering right I have my vaccinations I'm like all right I'm feeling pretty safe whatever and I just go attend this event and then like I'm you know we'll say I'm four zero and like I'm feeling good you know. Or like I'm X one, and I'm like, oh man, I could day two, whatever. And then my opponent pulls that, and I lose because I didn't want to wear a mask. Yeah, like it's it's kind of funny. Masks are you know first line. Masks are highly recommended for all attendees, and then later, it it could easily just be required. Yeah, like and, and the other thing we didn't even get into was uh, how do you prove somebody's vaccinated? Because on the thing I, it says like if you're if you're vaccinated you you don't have to wear a mask but if you're right. not you do. But yeah, I don't like, think people are gonna bring like, bring their cards in to. Uh, highly, like, yeah. I highly doubt that. We haven't gotten to that point as it is really, especially as well as far as I know, and I don't think that they'll say yeah bring your cards in to prove your like that's I don't we're not at that point and I don't I certainly don't think that's gonna be the case here. No, I would be astonished. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Do a flip if that if that was the case. Yeah. Like, I definitely don't think we're at that point, and I don't think that they're at that point. I, I definitely feel like they did this because they wanted a half-hard approach. And, like, I get it. They're trying to please everybody, you know? But the divide here is so great, you can't please everybody. You just either have to bite the bullet one way or the other. Either you do it or you don't do it. Just, just, I, I might, my call out to them if they were listening right now would just be make your decision one way or the other. Yeah. Like either say they need to do it or say they don't need to do it. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, I like, that, that's where I'm at. End of the day. We go on for hours, but. <laughs> so I think, uh, do you think that'll do it for us this week? 
Oh yeah, that 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 should do it. That was a that was a good good talking. Some painful truths. I'm gonna keep bringing it up because it's funny. <laughs> Aha! He said it. Oh, beat it down, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that'll do it for us this week. We'll see you guys next week for episode two. Take care.